Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more hittable than an Albert Pujols fastball. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Smorka. Hi, everybody. And this week, we are talking about the resurgent Cardinal offense, some health updates on some injured Cardinal players. We're going to talk about the ideal St. Louis experience and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Well, Ben, we're back. We survived our fishing trip mm. from from uh, that we talked about last week. Um, you know, there there's peaks and valleys, successes, <laughs> failures. Um, we talked last week about just how incompetent we were last time. On, on just like a human existing in the world level. And um, I, I would say at least in the context of the fishing trip weekend, this year we saw some improvement, right? Yeah. Um, we spent the majority of our fishing trip actually fishing this time. That which is very was, true. Yeah. I think that was an improvement and it's good to see improvement, right? Better is good. Last year, we had a time where we all got in the boat and we were like, okay, we're going to go grab some gas for the boat before we go fishing. And nobody had their wallet on them. Uh, This time, (laughs) that didn't happen. So that objectively is an upgrade over last time. Yeah, we we executed the plan of 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 fishing, of performing the act of fishing. Yes, uh, far more successfully this year than last. Um, So I think, you know, kudos all around now. Uh, <laughs> from a results standpoint, mm. still some room to grow. Um, we did about as good as we did last time, uh, which is to say bottom last, like literally last place. Once again, there's, yeah. uh, there are, there were four of us this time in our little, in our little group. Uh, and there were 16 people and we got 12th, 13th, 14th or 13th, 14th, 15th and 16th place. So, yeah. uh, you know, could what place did I get, Nate? What p- place did I get? I, I think that needs to you be were the thir- 13th. Yes. 13th Best place. of yes. the worst. <laughs> and I, I will take that. Honestly, that's a badge of pride. I will, uh, a feather in my cap that, I will be reminding you for the rest of, well, the rest of the year, I guess, until next year's fishing tournament. Yeah, well, I, I'm i not too worried about that because it was still bad. You know, we all just did bad. So. <laughs> I caught a, I caught a fish and we were like, oh, wow, this, so it, to, to remind people is a crappie fishing tournament. You only can catch crappie. There's a limit, all these things. And it's, it's a quantity game, really. And I, we all thought I caught this really nice fish and we go to measure it. And, uh, one of the, the dads that are there the, that, that know way more than we know, as soon as he looks at it, he goes, that's, that's not a crappie. That's a bass. <laughs> this doesn't count for the tournament. Yeah. We're like, like oh shit. <laughs> that was our, <laughs> that was, that was our, that was the one we were like, 
all right, we know we're not going to win on um, like total weight, but there's like a big yeah. fish element. And we're like, all right, our boat has a contender. And then when we get there, <laughs> that's, that's not a, a crappy uh, deflating. It, was, it wasn't um, even funny to him. He was just like, yeah, no, not this. And they kind of like tossed it to the side and then measured the rest threw, of the fish. They just threw it in the lake. Yeah. And we're like, ah, ah there goes <laughs> any shot that we had at representation <laughs> on the leaderboard. Um, but like I said, it was an improvement, even though our standing uh, did not improve at all. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, our process improved, you know, and I'm a big process over results guy. 100%. You know? And so, um, you know, I think we're really, we're the Tyler O'Neill of this fishing trip. You know what I mean? Stick with us. Eventually we'll pay off. Um, yeah. the thing is, I'm not sure we're ever going to put up the kind of numbers that Tyler put up last year. I'm thinking but we back certainly to do it for the boys. We do it for the boys. That's for sure. Yeah. I was just thinking about, yeah. you're talking about the process and there was definitely a time on day two where, uh, Jake and I were fishing together and he, uh, you know, real swung back to, to cast and caught himself in the back of the neck <laughs> with his lure. Um, so, you know, I think like we can pat ourselves on the back pretty hard and, and I'm definitely with you, Nate, you know, it's all about the process and, and we have, you know, we have the groundwork to be successful going forward, mm-hmm. but there's room for improvement. There's definitely room for improvement. I got a treble hook caught in a, uh, <laughs> a a rope and my finger at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yeah the amount of like of like nicks and scratches and cuts i come back from this trip with like my hands look like i've actually worked outside or something it's it's pathetic yeah so uh thank you to all of you who showed your support for us uh in this (laughs) uh you know in this tournament it was um again could have, you know, I think it was an improvement, even if it was ultimately um, not successful. I, I would wager that at, uh, as a group, we ate the most breakfast burritos of that the sure. rest of the party. And I yeah. think that should yeah. be recognized as well. A lot of breakfast burritos, a lot of uh, trash beer. And it was, uh, it was good. Yeah, I think I drank my limit for the year of Miller High Lives um, um, or uh, <laughs> champagne of beer, whatever the hell yeah. that beer is called. That's a champagne yeah. of beer. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So, um, well, while we were there, we got to uh, also watch some Cardinals. Um, you know, one of the things we want to talk about today is the uh, we're starting to see some real signs of life within the Cardinal offense. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But I think uh, you know, I, I have to start by talking about maybe the most ridiculous game that we've had of the year so far. And uh, you got to watch it in a really unique setting. Yeah, I mean, it was actually kind of ideal. I was flying back Sunday from St. Louis back home to Denver. Um, and thank God the so there, first off, there's this very annoying thing. I'm obviously an MLB.tv subscriber. If you connect to and, and maybe this is just truth for Southwest. So Maybe it's a Southwest specific problem and I should change flight companies or airlines. That's what they're called. Um, and you cannot stream on the MLB app, MLB.tv. I find that to be insane. Yeah. Anyways, I, it was on ESPN. It was Sunday Night Baseball. So I got to sit in my little seat. I had my aisle. I had my uh, Diet Coke um, and my little airplane chips that I love so much. And I got to watch the whole game, which was an incredible game to be kind of stuck on an airplane watching on your iPad, you know, with headphones. Um, 
yeah, I mean, where where do we start on this game? I, I think maybe the two things that I are the three things I guess I want to call out is the old men. The, is it three of the old, five oldest players in baseball were productive that night? Wayno, yeah, Wayno had a solid start. He went a little over five innings and was fantastic. Uh, Yadier Molina had his hardest hit ball of the Statcast era. He hit a home run at one hundred and seven. <laughs> yeah. that went the over the Cardinals that. bullpen. That yeah, he he or the sorry the the opposing team's bullpen. He absolutely destroyed that ball. I can't. I mean, obviously, with stat that Statcast data, that makes sense why I feel this way. But I can't remember him really squaring up a ball like that in a very very long time. Just everything looked perfect. Um, but I think the, the, the coup de gras, the, the highlight of the evening was our boy first ballot hall of famer, Albert Pujols going out there and getting <laughs> three working man's outs out there, really going out there and, and grinding and, uh, throwing what was, he was probably sitting 55 around the zone, something like that. He was painting those corners with his, uh, was. like 65. I think he got up to 65 a couple times. Um, but man, what a, uh, what a, what a you know, a mood change even across, I think both teams, you know, is, is a yeah. massive blowout. What was it? 15 to two when they put pools out there and, uh, the giants are cracking up. Cardinals are cracking up, you know, big time shout out to Ali Marmal for letting that yeah. happen. I, I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if you've caught that in any interview or anything, but like just so funny and, and, and fun pools out there having the time of his life when he thought he get, he induced the double play. He's got that huge oh, fist yeah. pump going. You could tell he's about to, you know, go buck wild. You know, he was going to go and talk to Wayno about inducing a ground, uh, you know, <laughs> ground ball double play. But um, unfortunately, you know, it, it wasn't. And uh, some guys put some good swings on his softball uh, pitches and uh, you know, they, they pad their own numbers a little bit, but uh, that was, that was a ton of fun. And, and even Can- in the, the, the top of the ninth though, Luis Gonzalez, he's out there throwing like a 40 mile per hour EFIS that was also hilarious. The yeah. the whole inning was just goofy and it was so much fun. Yeah, I think well, I, I think a lot of different things. I think I like Gabe Gabe Kapler now. After we've watched him two series in the early season, I think I like Gabe Kapler. He used to kind of be annoying and he seems to be having fun and that game was fun and he was showing personality. And I, I kind of think of him as this like <laughs> severe butthole I, I don't really but uh he seems to have maybe lightened up a little bit and outside of that like can you imagine albert Pujols' first run with the cardinals him pitching him smiling on the field him doing a post-game interview with espn right after the game and and laughing about that i don't think i've ever seen or at least when he was on the cardinals can ever remember him doing a post-game interview with a national broadcaster like that um so yeah, if you, if all he of was, this is kind of saying, amazing yeah if he was doing one he was just saying like you know I, I i play to win the game i put a good swing on the ball i respect you know, the whatever game. yeah you know the game respects um, me yeah right game respect game uh yeah yeah i mean we've, we've talked about this kind of since he's joined it's a totally different pools um you know effective at times not effective at times but yep. he's definitely uh leading the league in old man smiles on the field right now. Cause he's having a great time. And, and uh, you know, it also like it old man he, smiles. He's, he's filling the role too. Cause like your 26th man, your 27th man on the roster is likely who's going to be your, you know, the guy who pitches in a blowout game like this. 
So yeah. they they throw him out there. He's that's the role he's in, and uh, you know he had fun, and now it's only him and Babe Ruth who have over six hundred <laughs> home runs and an inning pitched in the Major League Baseball history. So just racking up yeah. those uh, you know anecdote. Uh, you know, fun facts that'll show up in history books forever. Hey, Shohei's only 500 plus career home runs behind him. He, he's he'll be knocking that door in a yeah. decade and a half. <laughs> he might. I, I, he, he might. He actually might. <laughs> uh, I also think it's worth mentioning talking about Pujols. He's got eight walks against eight strikeouts, and he's got a 133 OPS plus on, on the early season. Obviously, like very limited play, but. He has been, I think, actually better than advertised. I think no Cardinals yeah. fan can be really mad about that, especially the amount that he's played. I feel and the attitude and and the the what do you say his old man smiles? Old uh, man which, smiles. I guess we like that. <laughs> it's I, the, it's I the, that was what the, I wanted. <laughs> it's the new uh, market inefficiency. The uh, oh, Oakland okay. Athletics are going to start uh, signing a whole bunch of old dudes just for their smiles. Um, God, I real quick. I just want to shit on the A's. They saw that they had a game that had a. Uh, it was twenty eight hundred fans, which was their lowest rough. since the ballpark is opened. Um, yeah, A's that's suck. Rough. Their owner sucks. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Well, what did not suck, unlike the A's, was uh, the Cardinals putting up fifteen runs against the Giants against uh, um, Carlos Rodon. What a, uh, or I guess that was, yeah, that was that game. Uh, like, yeah. c- comes in, he's you're, looking you said like multiple times you're, you're dark horse, uh, Cy Young candidate, or maybe yeah. not even that dark horse after a few starts. Yeah. It didn't take long for him to, uh, start showing up on things like that. And yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in him. Um, you know, I thought what he did with the White Sox last year before getting hurt was just the sort of, um, start of his, you know, future career breakout. And him going to the Giants, I thought, was like the perfect landing spot for him. Yeah. And it's exactly what we were seeing up until the game against the Cardinals, where they just destroyed him. Um, I mean, it was it was really incredible. Uh, and ultimately, so Cardinals- do, we, do we give Jeff Albert credit for that? I know I know Cardinals Twitter and everybody likes to pounce on him. Do we give him credit when something like that happens or is it just uh, the players? I Man, know. I don't know. I, am, I, but, am I just Jeff, being a troll? The yeah, the yes, uh, the Jeff Albert <laughs> thing. I don't know. I, I it, the Cardinals' offense has been middling at best for several years now. So I would expect at some point, if he really is this like systematic, you know, uh, approach genius, like I would have hoped that it, we would really start to see it pay off by now. Um, but we also, you know, last year we did see, uh, you know, the Tyler O'Neill breakout. We saw, yeah. um, Carlson in the back half of the season start to break out. You know, we, Edmund is, is a, is a good hitter now. Like we've seen success. Yeah. Um, but well, I don't know. I mean, it's I think silly thing of, of people want to, they, they'll, you know, if you see Brendan Donovan and Tyler O'Neill and Juan Yapez and so on and so forth, come up and hit. People no, never, they just want to give the players credit. They don't want to give the coaches. And then when things go wrong, they don't want to blame it's the, the coach. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very silly. I was more just bringing that up to be obnoxious. I don't really believe it one way or the other. Well, it is tricky. It is a very popular thing to bash Jeff Albert. I and, see it uh, on Twitter yeah, all of the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I don't feel like I am educated enough in like the impact that a hitting coach even has to really make my opinion on that. But I, 
my understanding of it, the, 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 um, reason for continuing to stick with him for years now where hitting coaches are, you know, fired at will in the, in the league, um, was that he has this like long-term plan and part of it is, uh, supposed to like filter all the way down to the minor leagues. And yeah, I don't know. Juan Yepes seems legit and he is absolutely a product of our minor league system. Uh, Brendan Donovan, like you said to uh, Edmund, pretty much everyone right now, except for uh, Goldie and Arenado. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess let's just dive into it a little bit further, right? Like since the month has flipped over in, in the early uh, day, well, I guess we're not, we're, we're on May 18th, the day that we're recording yeah. this. Um, and since May, the Cardinals have the fourth best offense in the league, both leagues, uh, by WRC plus. So something's something flipped. Uh, it's maybe it is Jeff Albert's fault or maybe it's not. It doesn't really matter, but the Cardinals kind of come out swinging and this is kind of, oh, it's not kind of fun. It's very fun. It is, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt has fully broken out. Um, Mm -hmm. we expect a bit of a slow start. We were talking about that last week, but we're never worried about him. And he's gone on to be an absolute monster. I do have to say, uh, you know, I pretty heavily predicted a home run by Goldschmidt in that game. Uh, the night we recorded, uh, Juan Yepes hit one. So I'm going to go ahead and say I was right. Never Um, take an L, right? never, Never take an L. That's right. And, uh, yeah, Goldie's broken out. Arenado has con- continued to be um, really good. You know, not player of the month level that he was in April, but still uh, hitting really well. Yepes well, coming up. He doesn't need to because Goldie's yeah. doing that. He's got a 1200 OPS in May. We don't, we have 10 days or so days left in May. Goldie might take that. And right. I think the thing that also to also note about uh, Nolan is that he's been great. He's or, or he's still everything's looking the same, but he's got a bad up so far in the early. Uh, er, sorry, I keep saying early in this part of the month that we're at of 188. So he's just hitting into some bad luck right now, which is going to happen. But it also when the rest of the team is hitting yeah. and Goldie's doing what he's doing, it doesn't matter as much because he still right. brings the best defense in the league. And that's obviously some regression from April where he had a, you know, he sustained a higher BABIP and that's just part of what happens. But, um, but yeah, obviously having Goldie and Arenado in the lineup, um, you really only need one of them to be super hot, uh, to, to really maintain this offense, but really they haven't been the, even when Arenado or even when Goldie wasn't, uh, crushing, he's still getting on base a lot. He's never been like the problem on the offense. Right. No. Um, but what we're starting to see is some of the problems, like we talked about last week, um, get a little bit better or aren't with the team right now. So the uh, uh, Carlson uh, looking the best he's looked this season, starting to give some uh, um, shades of what he looked like for really the last half of last year, looking like that real breakout player that we were all hoping yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's just not striking out like he was. I think his K rate in the month of May is below 15. He's walking a little bit, maybe not as much as we expect him to. But just seeing him not miss pitches and and actually hit the ball with some oomph is has been a huge change for him. I mean, that that first month, he was just so bad. There, there's nothing yeah. really else to say about it. Yeah. And then when you had him, Bader and O'Neill, like all striking out in right. every at bat, it just it's bad. Um, and then. Uh, Juan Yepes, you know, he's still hitting really well. Um, he is. Fits right in. Uh, he looks that's great. Game. I mean, there's, yeah. yeah, like he, he looks exactly like what his minor league profile 
you know, kind of predicted him to look like. He he's kind of doing the same thing. He's walking a little bit. He's spraying the ball all over the place. He sometimes hits the ball really, really hard or over the wall. This is a. I mean, this. I, I don't think you could have asked for much more from Juan Yepes coming up. No, at 24 years old and really only one full year in the minors at any sort of high level. Um, you know, I think we should all and continue to be excited um, about Juan Yepes. And, uh, you know, he's he's we're still seeing Dickerson a little bit, but not nearly as much as we would if it weren't for uh, Yepes. And uh, same with Pujols. It's allowing them to be still more thoughtful with their use of pools. Uh, is, so yeah. Is Brendan Donovan, is he going to be the reason that Corey Dickerson gets up, bounced off the, the 26 man or the what 27 or whatever it is right now? Yeah. Donovan's the real story now, right? Um, you know, Yepes is fun and exciting, but he can't play shortstop like Donovan can or play no. every position like Donovan can, or have that sweet, sweet flow. Um, you know, he's looking good out there, having a great time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. Um, I, the emergence of these young guys and you still have Gorman in the minors striking out and hitting the ball, um, like, you know, super hard. I just don't see what, where the value is of having Dickerson right now. Um, even especially Alec Burleson, like, there's yeah. other guys down there that I think are probably offering you more competitive looks right now than Dickerson is. Um, but they, they typically have a, a give these guys a longer leash, you know? And so I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think if he continues to play like he is now, it won't be until June when they, when they let him go. Um, but I, it certainly seems like he's on that path, right? Like, it's going to take a pretty heavy turnaround, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I, I think to to turn the, the spotlight back on Brendan Donovan, I don't expect him to play at the degree that he's playing for much longer. The league is going to make an adjustment. But I think right now, you know, he's got a, over a thousand OPS. He has nine walks in 18 games. That is incredible. Um, yeah, he's rocking a, a 27 percent uh, walk rate right now. He's hitting the ball. And like you said, I think I think what I've been most surprised by, you know, we expected watching him in spring training to have a good plate appearance and and be a little stingy with his swings, which is always good and unbelievable to see in such a young player. But the defense, the, he looks good everywhere. He doesn't look yeah. like Nolan or Tommy everywhere, um, but he looks great. And I think the arm strength has surprised me a little bit. He's had a couple of throws where I've been kind of taken aback by how just how much giddy up is on him. Um, so I mean everything has been incredible, and you know I don't we don't I don't need to bring it up right now, but it's really helping my my fantasy uh, Cardinals draft that we did the uh, what what the, the hey, Heroes of Nationalings draft that we had a few weeks ago. To that, we're going to get to that later. I'm just teasing. Okay? I'm just teasing. Not, I like to you know segments. Right. Um, but um, yeah. Well, if you remember, uh, I really thought he was going to make the roster out of spring just because of how much everyone talked about how much they loved his approach to everything that he does. Um, and I think we're seeing that now, you know, we, we were able to see it a little bit in spring, but you know, it's hard to tell in spring, especially like a, a guy at his level. Like, is it just, he's playing up in spring where, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors that come into play there. Well, Paul actually... had a great spring too. Yeah. So it's right. like, how much weight yeah. do you put on this? Um, but now uh, when, with the way it's been going, 
I do get it. I get why people were excited about him. This this approach that he brings, it's fun. He's got a lot of energy, and he's playing well. Um, you know, I think he's earned himself a spot as like the super utility player on the team. Maybe just the sharding, sharding. <laughs> Maybe just the. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not sharding. Um, if you can get paid for that, then sign me up. Yeah, um, it happens. You know, I, I think. I'm sure. Oh, there no, there's that great story about uh Archie Bradley who uh he yeah. sharded his pants on the mound and had to get <laughs> taken out. Are you familiar with that story? Yes, I am. Of course I'm familiar <laughs> with that good. story. If you if you're unaware of that, please Google that. Just Archie Bradley um pants. Shart. Uh, <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, the uh, (laughs) (laughs) starting shortstop uh, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Dear God. Nailed it. Um, I mean, why wouldn't he be the starting shortstop right now? You know, I guess. Um, Yeah, to get Tommy over so Nolan Gorman can come up. But yeah, other than that, I don't see any reason. I I think you can, watching him and Sosa play shortstop, he's definitely a step back on the defensive spectrum. But the bat is clearly leagues above like uh even even uh sosa who uh, we've kind of you know rallied for and and, and, right. and campaigned for a little bit but i'll take the slight step down at shortstop if we're getting these kind of abs like a you know a thousand ops he could play anywhere and, and be extremely valuable so that's yeah. playing it short is incredible well the team is obviously for a while now put a high value on defense and it's fun having the best defense in baseball is a lot of fun as a, as a fan yeah. like the Cardinals winning five gold gloves last year. Um, you know, they could have won more even. Uh, it, it's just, it's a really cool game to watch. And if you watch a full season like we do, you really see the impact of having incredible defense. That said, when your offense is continues to be in the bottom 10, bottom 15 in the league, you do wonder a little bit like, did the Cardinals overextend, you know, over index into that? Yeah. Um, defensive plus side of the, you know, side of the equation. And um, I think I would, I would be okay with the Cardinals making a few decisions at, you know, a, a percent reduction in range or whatever for a better plate approach after having seen, you know, the, the Paul, you know, Paul DeYoung experiment for so long or um, the ups and downs of like a Bader or now O'Neill, you know, Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, yeah, it's, it, I think that like the question to be asked or, or, or the question to wonder about is if you have a perennial gold glover at third, you have somebody who looks like that at second, you have another perennial gold glover at first. If you cut back a little bit on the defense at short, which obviously that is the most important defensive position on the field, or at least for sure on the infield, it like do those kind of wash out? Does it all kind of does like, are we robbing from Nolan and Tommy and Paul? Probably not. Cause I don't think it, it depends on how far of a step back is. Like if they put me at short and I could somehow hit 30 bombs a year or something like that, then no, the value isn't there. Um, also, why yeah, would you I use know yourself as the example? Because I'm thinking you, about how if, bad I would be at shortstop. Me, like, but also I can hit 30 home runs. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the worst defender, a defender that is not even major league, is not even yeah. Yeah. recreational softball league worthy at shortstop. Right. Like if you're essentially just putting a gelatinous cube 
at shortstop, which would be my performance. If the ball hits me in the stomach, I could probably generous pick it up yourself, and throw it. Generous to call yourself a cube. <laughs> I don't know what that There's means. some hard edges there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a gelatinous oval. Um, an egg, an egg-shaped piece of gelatin at shortstop. Um, you know, they, they, obviously that's the, but, but Brennan yeah. isn't that, you know, he's, I, I, like I said, I think we're taking a step back. Maybe his arm <laughs> makes up for some of it. Um, it's definitely not a gelatinous oval. <laughs> what, what are we doing? He really, really put me to the screws on that. I was just trying to make a point. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It just, it got worse. It just got deeper. I know what point you're trying to make. I agree. I, yeah, it's not I, that I, big I, of a I, step I, back. Yeah, I, I thought you'd appreciate my uh, D and D reference too, and you just you didn't care about that. You just need to make fun of me, but whatever. I do appreciate it. Um, oh. You know, like uh, uh, instead of the classic like sword and shield inside of the gelatinous cube, you know, there's like a a baseball glove. There you and, go, and uh, and a bat. Some real fantasy baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. That was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. got I, I got me. Yeah, well, all right, yeah. we've, fall, we've fallen apart here. So it's not that big of a step back is what you're saying. Like it could it's be not that big of a worse. step back. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, like I said, if if we had Matt Carpenter at third base or <laughs> Matt Carpenter right. at second base or, you know, something like that, then Matt you'd Carpenter be much more worried base. about it. Yeah. But the fact that, yeah. And God, I think Matt might have been worse at first base. That was so hard to watch. Yeah. Um, although I love Matt Carpenter. No, no, hate towards Matt Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, all that to be said, I think it I think it all works and and we're fine and, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to see it. Um especially if he's hitting like the way he's hitting. It makes everything easy, right? Yeah. So it's been fun. Um the Cardinal offense obviously has been a point of contention for a lot of this year and um you know, they they're doing that thing that feels like it's very Cardinals where you'll follow up a 15 run explosion with like being shut out by like Trevor Williams from the Mets or, or whatever, um, which is frustrating. Um, But at the end of the day, we're seeing the things that we were hoping to see turn around. Um, You know, we really hope uh, our tie guy can do it for the boys a little bit more breakout big hit uh, in the game last night to uh, break the tie in the ninth. So maybe that was that really a hit though. I mean, I know it was technically a hit, but Maybe that's all he needs, you know? Hey, you Good know, this is a lot of times what gets what gets players out of a slump when they hey. swing bunt and a guy mishandles a, a ball. Al Roboski, when first. did you get here? I never understand that. Like, I, I, uh, yeah, anyways. Well, you know, if you're feeling really unlucky, you know, if you're feeling like, man, everything is just going against me, something yeah. like that maybe can, I don't know. You can create a narrative out of every outcome and, you know, I generally avoid that stuff, but I don't know. It's a game winning hit is a game winning hit, right? Even if it was sort of silly. No, and I'm just being obnoxious, but I I think another thing to point out where where you're talking about, you know, it's been a little inconsistent. They can get blanked out by Trevor Williams. We're also seeing the Cardinals actually start to face real competition, you know, with the Mets and the Giants kind of back to back. That's that's a thing. And I was curious uh, before I started talking, so I looked it up. You know, obviously the Cardinals are second in the central right now. The Brewers have had the easiest schedule in the MLB. They are 30 out of 30 as far as strength of schedule. Um, wow. Cardinals are a little bit above them, not by much. But I think that should be pointed out. Like the central is a weak division. So there are a lot of wins to be had. Um, 
But, you know, I, I think you can actually look at the team's value and where they stand right now against the Giants, against the Mets. And we got another Mets start tonight, which will be very exciting. Scherzer versus Hicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, like two they, they lunatic looked, people. They have looked competitive, if not good, against the Giants, the Mets, and the, and the Brewers uh, yeah. repeatedly now, which is the hardest competition that, the, that they've faced so far. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think it's this is what a team that is good but not great looks like, you know, um, periods of difficulty, whether it's the starting rotation or the, the lineup. Um, but it doesn't take much for it to click and for the team to look really, really awesome. So unless we have some fundamental breakouts in guys like Tyler or O'Neill. Um, or Carlson really is what he looks like, or, you know, maybe Donovan really is what he's looking like. You know, I'm expecting that this is kind of how the season is going to go. Um, you know, and the Cardinals will end right around that sort of 90 win mark that they had last year. Will that be good enough for the central? I don't know. We'll see. We're the, the brewers look pretty good. So we'll see. They, uh, they do, um, but something you just to, to, you know, look through the Cardinals colored glasses and, and, uh, the, you know, I, I think that they're obviously, they have a good pitching staff and everything like that, but man, they really are just one or two guys away. And maybe the Cardinals are too. I, I don't, I think I would argue against that with the Cardinals, but the, the Brewers are, are so top heavy in their talent, yeah. um, that one like Corbin Burns having a bad month puts them in a bad spot. You know, they're, they're yeah. I don't want anyone to get injured, but things like that, they're, they're just kind of doing a tightrope walk. Um, that being said, Yelich is playing well. Wong is playing well. You know, they have they have players, but I, yeah. I have a lot of I'm feeling very positive about where the Cardinals find themselves right now while things aren't all clicking um, at yeah. this moment. So, you know, well, that, that's that's I mean, my kind of view. You know, that's that's what I'm saying, where this is sort of an inconsistent team right now, where uh, different pieces are clicking at different times, which is allowing them to sustain, you know, above 500, stay competitive, look good against some of these challenging teams. Um, but it's the fact that like nothing, it's yet to all come together at the same time um, that like if they're able to do that, I think the Cardinals are as good as any other team in the league. Um, but we just haven't seen exactly that yet. So. Um, let's move on though. Uh, we got some bummer news about Alex Reyes. I guess at this point, womp womp. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It, it it's, it is the more normal thing for Alex Reyes at this point. Yeah. Continue to feel for the guy. What a electric arm and, you know, seems like a cool dude. And we, we got, we finally got a taste of it last year of what he could be. And, um, I guess we'll just continue to wait and hope that, you know, he, he comes back at some point. Yeah. I'll never stop hoping, you know, Alex Ray's, like you said, not only like the arm, but the dude and everything just seems so great. Um, but Marmal described the news as a quote, very discouraging and noted that Reyes has quote, been through a lot, hope he can make it back. That is about not a good, the yeah. worst I've ever seen a manager respond to something that I mean, that kind of makes it in my mind, go from a bit of a nebulous return day to a bit of a, if he gives us innings this year, we're lucky. And, you know, we talked right. about that in the early season episodes. Um, 
your expectations for for Reyes and Flaherty, although this news isn't about Flaherty, should be, you know, if, if they are playing for the Cardinals at some point this year, that's the win. Um, and then obviously to see Ali say something like that, a guy who seems pretty positive. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, that to me, he's telegraphing to fans and, and, and folks that we may not see him this year, which is yeah very sad because, uh, yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Um, n- not a lot of news on Flaherty, but he seems to be recovering at the rate that you hope so. Um, I keep seeing June targeted and we're not that far away from June. So we might get Flaherty in the rotation soon, which I mean, you know, I don't know where he goes. Maybe the Cardinals do a six man rotation. Um, you know, give Hicks some time away, you know, some, some piggyback starts or something like that. Uh, but one of the better outcomes so far is that like, you know, every, I think every person on the rotation has had ups and downs, but there's no one on the rotation right now that I would say shouldn't be there either. So yeah. Flaherty coming back, um, you know, gives you some options. The, the soft underbelly of the Cardinals has looked like that, but like you said, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, this isn't going to be the reason the Cardinals don't win the central or, or don't make the playoffs or something. They are serviceable enough and the offense has been good enough and the defense good enough to help pick these guys up. Um, yeah, you know, Matt's I, I'm ready for Matt's to kind of put three or four good starts ahead of them. Even if they're pulling him after five, it's when he's consistent, he's good. And he's just yeah. been a little Homer happy this year. You know, I was watching a little bit of the, uh, Mets broadcast uh, during the Mets start because I, I like their booth a lot. And uh, Keith Hernandez was making a comment on how he can get a little uh, righty inside happy and how that can kind of turn around on him. So may- maybe that'll be something that the Cardinals and Yachty or I guess he's really been catching with or uh, throwing with Kinzer uh, uh, recently. But maybe that's something they can recognize and just keep iterating on the plan and, and we'll see the results. I, I, you know, I have the faith in Mats. I, you know, when we talked about his signing, I, I don't have any illusions of him being really more than a, a third or fourth starter. Right. If he could just stay, stay consistent and not get blown up and not give up seven, eight runs, um, keep the Cardinals in games for five, six innings. You know, that's, that's all they need right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, continue to monitor Flaherty and hope he comes back healthy and, and, you know, gives a boost, but the rotation has been serviceable so far. So, um, we've also got Sosa coming off the COVID IL like in some sort of timeshare now with the whole middle, f- middle infield, yeah. um, you know, and excited to see what he has to offer. If he can rekindle something from last year. Um, but at the very least defensive premium, you know, late game, something like that. Um, you know, he's also just to fun to watch. Yeah. I just yeah. like watching Sosa. Like he, he's demonstrative in the batter's box and on the field and yep. smiling and he's fast and he plays like a, like a bat out of hell and he gets hit all the time. I just like watch this. The team is better with Edmundo on the team. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, inverse of that Kramer Robertson sent back down, <laughs> uh, you know, so one good for him. appearance. Yeah, I mean, any any time you you know make the majors, it's a it's a triumph. You know, it's a personal yep. triumph, a long story coming together. Um, and we wish him the best of luck, and maybe we'll see him back. You know, um, I suspect we will at some point. And uh, and finally, hi and bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, finally, uh, you know, we had a, a completion of a story we've talked about off and on. The um, O'Neill arbitration case, what a stupid system. 
you got to love a headline of Cardinals defeat Tyler O'Neill in arbitration. Um, you know, and there was much rejoicing. Yeah. Like, cool, man. I'm so glad that the Cardinals defeated their own player in a thing over a small amount of money. And I know the midseason thing. Yeah, the the amount of money I think is seven hundred thousand, which is a lot to you and me, but not a lot yeah. to them and yeah. them. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, also having to do this whole process in the middle of the season because of the lockout is stupid. Defeating your own player is stupid. Um, I, I know a lot of people are kind of piling on Tyler right now um, because he's had this super slow start. Um, I, st- I still have a lot of faith in the guy. He, we talked about right. it last week. He's still hitting the ball hard. I still think it's a good time to extend him. That seems pretty clear that that's not going to happen this season. Um, I just I like the player a lot. Um, I, I think the Cardinals should invest in him. He hits the ball hard. He plays great defense. He plays hard. I, I, everything you want to want to like about him. And maybe he's a little bit streaky. Maybe he's having a cold start, but I'm definitely not ready to just write off the player. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, you can make a narrative out of anything. Uh, I am curious if this was weighing on him at all. Um, you know, I could imagine it would be. And maybe now that it's done one way or another, um, you know, he can get over it or get let it, you know, get have it put behind him. Um, I don't know that that's, of course, like telling a story about someone that we have no idea and we'll never know if it had an impact. But it, I'm sure it can't feel good as a player. Uh, you know, going through that. And again, just that headline was like, oh man, this system sucks. Like this sucks. Yeah. It, so. It's yeah. I mean, you're, you are, you and a team of like uh baseball and legal experts are explaining to a player why they are not good. Right. That's stupid. And, and then yep. they are expected to go out that night and be good. You know? So, Hey Tyler, we all know you can't hit X pitch. This is why you don't deserve set this extra seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go try to go. play as hard as I can and win a championship for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Um, so it's done. And also, now. like, obviously, their jobs aren't like our jobs. But can you just imagine your manager like sitting you down and like pointing out all your your weak points and then saying like, "All right, get after it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially after a season he had last year. Um you know, instrumental in the car in the success that the Cardinals had last year. So one hundo P one hundo P. Okay. Well, um, let's, let's just go right on from that. Uh, uh, we've got, um, some more fun stuff to talk about, but before we do that, we want to remind everyone that this podcast is supported by Patreon or on Patreon. Uh, if you like the show, want to support it, support the show's continued growth, uh, consider donating to us via Patreon. All patrons at any level get access to our private bird scored. That is our discord where we talk about the games, talk about the Cardinals, um, sometimes prep for the stupid games that we're going to do on the show, all sorts of different <laughs> things. Um, you know, it's small right now, but we're, we're really having fun, uh, in there. Shout out to those that are there currently. You can find that on patreon.com slash talking about birds. You can also uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. We love it. We truly appreciate it. Uh, And we thank each of you who have done or will take the time to do that. 
Uh, ben, why don't you and Mona, he's got, uh, Ben has uh, <laughs> his cat on his lap now. Um, why don't the two of you tell us where people can find us online? She's helping. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, and you can also email us any questions, uh, thoughts, comments about the show, about us, uh, most specifically about Nate. Um, you don't need Nate sous vide's his bratwurst before he throws them on the grill. That's something that I learned this weekend. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, maybe if you want to ask Nate about meat preparation, uh, his sous vide case sausages, these are all things that he's interested in. And I would even say passionate. Uh, you can email those questions in at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I would just like to say we're also on Spotify. So if you prefer to listen to us there, hit us up on Spotify and word of mouth. Tell your friends if you're enjoying this podcast. We really appreciate the the word of mouth nature and the the sharing it. And honestly, just go grab your parents or your friends cell phones and and subscribe and like and and we'll take that. We don't even need the listeners. We'll just take the uh, extra subs. We and, want uh, the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you all. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um so speaking of Twitter, um, we for our next segment, uh, we're actually going to answer a question that came into us via Twitter. Um, this is such a great question. We decided we wanted to, to uh, devote um, some time to it on the show because uh, I think it's it's interesting and you know it might be helpful to other people as well. So this tweet came into us um, from at Akira OC. Um, they said, hi, guys, my family and I are visiting St. Louis this summer and planning on catching a game against the Cubs. Where should we sit? What should we do? What makes for the best family friendly pregame game and postgame experience, in your opinion? Uh, went on to there. add some. Yeah, there's a lot there and went on to add some more context about um, him and his family. And um, first of all, thank you uh, for uh, the question. Really, really good question and excited for you and your family to come to St. Louis and check out a game, summer game against the Cubs. I mean, can you get any better than that? So it's baseball heaven. It really is. So um, I, I looked up a little bit um, in preparation for this, and, and uh, I, I'm just kind of assuming that this would be tied around a weekend, and uh, the, the series, uh, there's a weekend series in St. Louis against the Cubs at the end of June. And uh, both of the weekend games, the Saturday and Sunday games, are day games. So that has kind of um, influenced my answer here. Now, I don't know the age of the kids, um, but I'm going to assume some young, you know, and, and I think there was based off of the context, probably one kid that's in like the 12 or 13 year old range. So um I'm also thinking when thinking about this question, you know, someone who doesn't come to St. Louis very often, bringing their whole family, uh, touristy is good, right? You want to do those things that are like big time St. Louis um, events. So I've thought a little bit about this and I have some ideas. Um, ben, have you been um, you know, preparing for this as well? Of course I have. And obviously the answer is go to the top of the arch and eat lion's choice. <laughs> and then get a big old Emo's pizza and slide down the arch on it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I have some plan. I'm also, I, I also, I think I have the added benefit of not, you know, having not lived in there uh, in, in eight years or so now. Um, I, I, the things that I want to do when I go back home yeah. are the things that are on the top of my list. 
Okay, so I'll go ahead and start, and then you can um, jump in here, Ben. So we're trying to give our ideas on sort of like the ideal St. Louis Cardinals-focused trip. So assuming it's a you're coming in for that series and it's a day game, um, and I think my answers would kind of apply either way, but I'm kind of building this around a day game. So I think come you're coming in. For lunch, I think you hit up lunch before you go to the game. Of course, you could always eat at the game, but to me, that just piles onto whatever you've already eaten. You know, you can go and gorge yourself at the stadium. I'm always getting nachos, but you probably want something good before you go to the game, especially if it's, you know, it's a 115 game. You want to maybe have an early lunch. I'd recommend go and check out the uh, City Foundry, which is a new spot that's only been around. I've been there. Yeah, you have been there. It's only been around now for, I think, about a, a year or even less. It is essentially a um, it's a food hall. So think of a mall food court, but instead of your Sabaros and your Taco Bells and your ch- teriyaki chicken place um, it, and your, uh, you know, your Chipotle's and your Chipotle's and your Charlie's <laughs> cheesesteaks um you know your panda expresses five um, more your mcdonald's um <laughs> my mall has your, a popeyes in the food court really man when yeah. i worked i worked in a mall for like three and a half years so i'm just listing off the uh <laughs> like the west county mall <laughs> food court anyway so the sea foundry is a food court but instead of um you know your McDonald's, your Taco Bell. No, uh, oh it's a, uh, it's all local also, restaurants. It's a food hall, is what they call. It. That's that's the yeah. updated branding. It's a food hall, right? So, um, it's all local restaurants, local spots, owned and operated either independently as just the sole experience of that restaurant, or like extensions of restaurants that are all around St. Louis. Um, you've got tons of options. So, no matter what your family uh, likes. I'm sure they can find something that they like there. It's probably going to be a little pricey, but the food should be good and everyone can find something that they like. And you know, no matter what you're eating, you're getting something from a St. Louis group. Uh, A new pizza place just opened up in there that I've yet to try, Mm. but I'm very excited about. Um, I've had great poke there. They have a Calbee taco shop. Very, very popular taco place here in St. Louis. So you've got everything you could possibly want. It's a big space plenty of room. It'll probably be pretty hopping on a Cardinal game day, but that's cool too. You're, you're there. Everyone's wearing the red Cardinal red or whatever, getting ready to go to the game. So that's where I would do lunch from there. You can hop on a nearby Metro station. There's one right there to get down to the game, or you might be driving. That's fine too. Either way, you can go into the game, have a good time at the game, um, get some little buds, little cheeseburgers that they have. Um, I'm personally getting the nachos, but, uh, uh, I think we'll talk about seats in a minute, but after the game, I'm thinking you want to go and do some sort of St. Louis institution. So uh, either the city museum, which will be packed on a Saturday, but that is like the St. Louis experience, especially if you have kids, I think it's a fam- fantastic place to take your kids um, or head down to the new union station big Ferris wheel, tons of little activities you can do with the family. Uh, it's that's all new or new ish at least. Um, and I think you know, you'll have a great time there with your family. And then for dinner, you head over 
to uh, the hill and hit up one of the classic Italian places. I love Zia's. Rigazzi is also a great option. Or if you want something with a even broader mem- menu, something like Anton- uh, Antonino's, we've got good pizza on the menu as well. And some fantastic toasted raviolis to end the night. So Yeah, I don't know what almost any of that stuff is, but sounds good. So- yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Um, um, well, so I, I guess I, after hearing you talk, I realized that you, as you being the kid haver on the podcast and me having being the non kid haver on the podcast, I think uh, I was angled a little bit differently, but I'm going to just answer the way that I would like to do it. And I think it's yeah. kid friendly enough. Um, but make your own choice. My, I, I say you go to Soulard, uh, go down to Soulard, do the brewery tour. I know that a brewery tour is probably not a kid focused thing, but there are cute dogs. There are Clydesdales, and I think it's great. I like am truly a big fan of the brewery tour. It's something that me and my uh, fiance used to do very regularly, just to kind of get out of the house. And I, I just love the tour and yeah, love walking around the old Anheuser Busch buildings. I did the brewery tour as a as a non, um, you know, I, I was gonna say as a non drinker, but as a kid, um, yeah. is is more apt. And it can be interesting, you know. It just depends on what your kids are into, you know. Yeah. Um, also, you can get a couple though. of free beers. Yeah. Um, and then I would suggest, you know, you're in that part of town. My uh, favorite barbecue spot in St. Louis is Bogart's, which is just right down the street uh, from Anheuser-Busch. You're also very close to Blue City Deli, which is probably my favorite sandwich shop in St. Louis. Yes. Um, again, I'm not sure how kid friendly those places are, but they're uh, uh, very good. Um, and then what I would suggest is, and I guess we'll get into the stadium after this, but what I would suggest you do after the game is you got to go check out ballpark village. It is a little Disney fied. It is a little like, it's kind of a weird thing, but I, I do think it's good to see just because it is a massive, like block, a square block of Cardinal stuff. There is uh, plenty of outdoor space. There's a huge bar and restaurant inside. If you want to pay a little bit, you can go to the Cardinals museum, which is really cool. But I mean, it's basically just this giant monolith to to baseball and and the yeah. Cardinals and a little bit the Blues, and it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, I, I meant I'm to mention ballpark. Into... Uh, I meant to mention ballpark village as well, and and even just the area out front, I do think is pretty yeah. kid friendly. There's um, if it's not too crowded, there's like you know a bags game or like washers and stuff, and just a big open space that you can feel reasonably safe with your kids running around, and you can be posted up at a, at a picnic table or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, it is, uh, I mean, it's Cardinal heaven. You are surrounded by Cardinal stuff. It's, it's great. It is. It is definitely like if you're going to baseball game every week, you're not going to, you know, baseball village or, uh, Cardinal, whatever, (laughs) uh, ballpark village. Uh, I got there. You're not going every game. Um, but I think it's been a a positive, uh, in, you know, impact on the stadium experience. And Nate brought up St. Louis Institution City Museum, which I'll, I'll co-sign that because that is an amazing place to be. The St. Louis Institution that I added was got to go to Ted Drew's. It's a little bit yeah. out of the way, but going to Ted Drew's after a Cardinals game, everybody's wearing their red and white is so much fun. Um, you kind of just stand in the parking lot, lean on your car and suck down a bunch of uh, frozen custard. I That is another place that I try to hit every time I'm back home. And I, I love Ted Drew's. Yeah. Um, yeah, classic. And you're going to show up and the line is going to look, um, like absurd, but they move quick. Um, so you normally don't have to wait as long as you think you might when you're, uh, when you're getting there. So, um, you know, some blend of this, I'd also recommend, um, it, you know, Ben mentioned a couple good lunch spots for, uh, 
Blue City. Also my favorite sandwich place in St. Louis or any of the, uh, any of the uh, uh, barbecue options. Um, I got to go back to the hill, though, and, and mention uh, Joya's. Uh, one of the fun things about Joya's. Uh, Joya's is so good. Is that it's also the original location. It's across the street from Barra Park, which is named after the Barra family of Yogi Barra. And hey, boo-boo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one too. Uh, Yogi Barra <laughs> grew up in that area. This park is uh, named after his family. You get a fantastic <laughs> sandwich, hang out in the park, um, you know, have a real uh, baseball history experience here in St. Louis. Um, I think. Any number of these things. Yeah, that hot salami is unbelievable. I I dream uh, about hot salami sandwiches. I had the trio. That's my order the other day. You get it on the, um, get it with Provel cheese on garlic cheese bread. I mean, you know, yeah, of course I shaved a month or two off my life, but um, (laughs) that sandwich is so good. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's no shortage of good food and good things to do in and around the ballpark. I think we could talk, uh, for a while about other things that you could do. Um, and we'd love to hear other ideas. So tweet at us with things that you think, um, Akira OC and their, and his family should do. Um, but, uh, I guess let's talk about the, the actual ballpark experience a little bit. Um, so talked about tickets, talked about seating. This is obviously there's a lot of personal preference that's going to come into this uh, decision-making. And then also to a degree budget, Uh, a weekend game against the Cubs. It's probably going to be the most expensive series of the summer, at least one of the most expensive series of the summer. We don't get a lot of at home Cubs across the whole weekend. Um, So, you know, be, you have to consider that when you're making your purchase. So, um, I'll tell you what I like to do. Um, this is considering having kids. Um, I, I'm a fan of the bleachers when you have uh, kids for a couple reasons. One, uh, big connected bench seats. I think it's just more like practical, especially if you have small children. It's just a little bit easier to give them a little bit of extra space, allow you a little bit more extra space. Um, I think people are more understanding too of children out in the bleachers. You know, it just, it's a more comfortable area where you might be moving kids around a lot. Um, ideally if you get a bleacher seat, like on that aisle, so they have plenty of room and back behind the bleachers is the big pavilion area. So you've got food and picnic tables and all sorts of places where your kids to kind of get up and run around. If the game starts to get a little boring, I would recommend left field bleachers. Uh, because you know you want to see that jumbotron, and if you're in the right field bleachers, it's back up behind you. You know you can't really see it. So I like the left field bleachers. Um, that said, late June, St. Louis. Yeah, dude, you're frying this guy be, out. It's gonna be hot. So I aggressively disagree with you. Well, different people have different preferences, right? Maybe well, he loves the heat. Maybe they're you know maybe the family no, wants no. Nobody someone, loves the St. Louis people heat. sit there every game. So, well, of course they do, but I'm spending someone else's money. So I would suggest you don't do that. I would yeah. suggest that you sit relatively behind home plate because then you get the whole skyline in front of you. You can see the arch kind of in the background and the, the hotel, the, uh, the, uh, holiday Inn or whatever. There's not a holiday. Wow. The one of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I would say, you know, again, since I'm spending somebody else's money, it's not my own. I'd say go get that club level. Try to aim for behind so, home plate and enjoy so your life. That's my next recommendation. If you're not like the bleachers thing is particularly about having space for kids and room Ugh. for people to get up and run around and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, what I, the seats I also really like are the Redbird club. And now these can get a little bit pricey depending on the game. Um, but they are going to give you that. Uh, it's not the, the Redbird club is like the bottom level of the club seats. If that makes sense. Normally when you think of club, you're thinking of those like, all inclusive things like that. That's not oh, what those this are. Is. Those are boxes. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's like Diamond Club and stuff like that. But Redbird Club is uh, uh, the it's like the maybe Akira is a big money baller. Maybe so. Then whatever. Fucking get green seats <laughs> behind. <them. laughs> but I like the Redbird Club because um, you know it's generally more reasonably priced, but. You get uh, good seats that are going to be covered. So if it's really, really hot, you're still going to be okay. And right behind you is um, like an air-conditioned area with, uh, you know, your bars and your The bathroom lines are shorter. The food lines are shorter. Yes. Yeah. Um, That is the move. That's where I I really like when I, you know, when I want to have a a really ensure that I'm having like a nice experience, especially in the middle of the summer. Uh, I'm looking at Redbird Club. But again, these will probably be pricey for a Cub Cardinal Weekend series. Um, Outside of that, if you're just looking for standard seats, uh, third baseline or behind home home base, uh, home plate, like Ben said, because of the way the sun sets, you'll ensure you'll at least be in the shade more um, readily on that side of the stadium. And yeah, you can, I will pay us. And I, you know, again, I'm spending somebody else's money. I will pay a premium to not be sitting in that St. Louis sun. Yeah. I also, you know what? I, I'm just going to say, Akira, you know, you're going to one game a year. It sounds like ball out, just ball out. I want to see you in the green seats. Send us a selfie, um, <laughs> you know, eat a steak and uh, have some champagne. And, and I, I say, you just go as hard as Hell possible. Yeah. yeah. Max out run your on, credit cards and all that good on stuff. the field. <laughs> Yeah, get arrested, get tackled, get arrested, get thrown in jail and the hospital at the same time. I think that yeah, that's that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so I hope this was helpful to you and anyone else's, uh, you know, thinking about coming out to St. Louis. Um, if you have more like specific requests, there's a type of food that you like or a type of activity that you're looking for. Between Ben and I, we can probably come up with something, or I'm sure our uh, our friends on Twitter or in the Bird Scored might be able to help as well. Um, so thanks again, Akira. We hope you have a great time. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to our, uh, next section. We're going to, again, talk a little bit more about some, some things that are happening around the league. Um, Ben, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, let's get the nasty news out of the way first. Uh, first we'll talk really quickly about Brewers reliever, JC Mejia, uh, gets suspended for 80 games for PEDs. Um, he's kind of middling reliever, but that is a noteworthy news in the central. Um, yeah. I don't think there's too much to talk about, uh, outside of just the fact that that's happening. Um, it's always crazy in the armor. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't know the fact that people are still getting busted for it makes me think, you know, we're, it's still not, um, the, um, uh, the stick, so to speak to, uh, to doing PED still does not exceed the yeah. value of the carrot, you know? 
They should so, double. They should just yeah. double the punishment. It should be a whole season for uh, the first time and then yeah. uh, two seasons for a second time. And I bet that will do it because that'll start knocking people out of the game. And uh, if they really want to get rid of it, that's what they'll have to do. Yeah. Um, another unfortunate suspension for a, a much more unfortunate reason. Matt Harvey gets a 60 game suspension uh, for participating in the distribution of opioids. Obviously, if you've been paying attention to the Tyler Skaggs and everything that's been going on with the angel story, he got kind of wrapped up in that. Um, yeah. and was, you know, actively participating in handing those things out and essentially being the plug, being the hookup for guys. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think this one's a lot more complicated than somebody getting busted for PEDs. Like obviously Matt Harvey was not in a great spot. There's these different stories about him having like Coke benders and then pill benders and all this stuff. And I, I don't really want to weigh in on that because it seems to be hearsay and there's probably some truth to it, but kind of just a sad story. And Matt Harvey's yeah. story is kind of just developed into the sad story. And I hope that he was Batman. He was, <laughs> he was, Remember? I am the knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I've kind of gone from being like, whoa, Matt Harvey is going to be the best pitcher of this generation to what has happened to kind of thinking he was a bit of a scumbag to now kind of fully turning and being like, wow, I, I hope he just can have a normal year and, and get healthy and pitch yeah. somewhat effectively and, and get out of all this stuff. Cause it's just been, it sucks. It's just been a yeah. rough go and there's nothing there's, there's no one's taking solace in the fact that this kind of thing is happening. So I, I hope, I hope it's a lesson learned. Um, opioids are a problem everywhere and, and baseball is not immune to that. And I don't know. It's just sad. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about something that I find much more entertaining and, and actually funny. Uh, Hunter Green, who is this superstar kid for the Reds, he's been maybe the only bright spot for the Reds in this season. Although, I mean, I don't know. How do you qualify this? He had an amazing but horrible moment. He threw ostensibly a no hitter, lost the game to the Pirates. If you guys were paying attention to that, essentially what happened was he walked the bases loaded. Uh, Key Brian Hayes hit what resulted in a fielder's choice run scored. That was the only run in the game and the red. This is just the way their season is going, is, right? Yeah, they it's the have, most reds. They have their superstar prospect who throws a hundred and one mile an hour fastball from a starting position, starting pitcher, and they lose the game, yep. uh, which is I, I look at this was the sixth time this has ever happened in major league history where no hits have uh, resulted in a win. Yeah. Uh, like one of the magic elements of the game of baseball, you can win a game without actually getting a hit. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, Hunter Green should feel good about what happened, you know, his contribution. He ultimately, you know, he went seven in a third, right? And then it was, uh, there was one reliever included and they only yep. end up going, it's eight innings of no hit ball because, you know, right. the opposing team didn't have to no, throw in the no bottom for that. Light. Exactly. Yep. Um, but it, I mean, it is the, it, it feels like the cherry on the top of a <laughs> horrible reds season and it's only yeah. May. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? Maybe this will be a moment where like they, they come back from it and we all look back at this moment and say, Oh, this was, this was rock bottom for the, yeah. for the red fan graphs. They put out a, a power rankings thing and they have a, like a team rating, uh, metric that they use. And I don't need to get into it, but you know, the, the top teams in the leagues are sitting at a 160, 170. They had the reds at like a, a 22 um <laughs> they are just they are just a joke they're barely a major league team it is it is horrible horrible question for you um okay let's say if somebody throws nine innings of no hit ball uh they go into the 10th inning they're still starting 
the uh, zombie runner gets from second base to home. They score without a hit, lose the game. Is that still a no hitter? I think it is. I don't think they've. What I understood is the pro- why this wasn't being called a no hitter is because it didn't go nine innings, right? Um, Which that, nothing that ab- I can I can align with that a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah, um, nothing Feel about lost. the um, and same reason why the seven inning games last year weren't called uh, official no hitters. Um, so I think that like that, that I is, actually think is horseshit. I don't like. I that. do too. I agree with it. I agree with you that I think it, that's not the player's fault. Right. Um, they pitched, they no hit as, as to the extent that they were capable to in that game. Right. right? Um, but, uh, um, in this case, like they could have gone to nine, um, their team just was horrible and had, <laughs> you know, did what they do this year. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that this is just an official ruling that we could look up, but I would expect that that would be called still a no hitter. Um, I don't think you have to win for it to be considered a new, a no hitter. Yeah. I would count that as a no hitter, but yeah. yeah, we could probably look that up. Um, yeah. The last thing I wanted to hit up on uh, league news, uh, Bryce Harper, who, uh, has gotten really, really hot recently and he's had a great two weeks or so. Um, really, really playing well for the Phillies right now. He has a injury to his elbow and he is not going to be allowed to throw for four weeks plus. And the reason I bring that up is because that means that the Phillies experience experiment of going uh, all gas, no breaks, all offense, no defense. Their best defensive outfielder is now going to be forced to DH unless unless he wants to somehow, I don't know, pass it, pass the, the catches or once he catches the ball, pass it off to another fielder or something. I don't know. But they are forced. They are in a position where they have no choice but to play Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in the corners of the outfield. And I, for one, am here for it. Um, I'm very excited to see how this plays out. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Good (laughs) luck, I guess. Yeah, it's very funny. Of all the guys that has to go forced in the DH now, of course, it's Harper. So they can't rotate around like they were. I mean, they're having an okay start to the season. Um, Sure but they're getting blown away by the Mets uh, and, and you know, the Braves are probably better than them too. So uh, they needed everything to break the right way for this to work. And so far uh, it has not. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Harper is one of my favorite players. I hope that he can, um, stay healthy and stay in the lineup because they're saying you might I, need Tommy John, which would uh, suck. yeah, and I'm that would obviously be a bummer. But you know, Shohei played with this for a while, and before he yeah. got his surgery, I don't. I will see what happens. Yeah, obviously him not being a pitcher helps, but right, yeah, never good when you're being told not to use your elbow for four weeks. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, I can't obviously, that you don't need that for hitting either. I mean, I that get is it. exactly. <laughs> yeah, how is that possible? I don't know. You just don't need that part of your arm. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, cool. So that'll, uh, uh, wrap up our, uh, our league news segment, um, this week for our, um, sort of stupid game. We're actually going to check in on, uh, a, a thing we did at the beginning of the season, the episode right before, um, the, uh, start of the season, we started a game, uh, called draft day heroes and hatchlings. Uh, edition and today we're going to check in on 
that game and see how each team is doing. to add further explanation if you didn't listen to that episode uh nate and i each got to draft three guys from the 26 band roster and then three guys that were in the minor leagues and uh, yeah. the goal to see who has the most cumulative war according to fan graphs at the end of the season money's so, on me i'm good yeah um so i'm going to recap our uh the draft choices that we made and then i've looked up the numbers ben has not wow. seen them yet um, no. and I'm going to see first how Ben is feeling before we look, before I actually share the numbers. So to remind everybody, here's the teams that we drafted. So, um, with the first overall pick, Ben took Paul Goldschmidt. I then smart, took smart. Nolan Arenado. Ben then took Tyler O'Neill. I took Dylan Carlson. Then it went Harrison Bader to Ben, Adam Wainwright to me. Brendan Donovan to Ben, Nolan Gorman to me, um, Johan Oviedo to Ben, Juan Yepes to me, Alec Burleson to Ben, and then Matt Libertor to me. Wow. So to recap, Ben's team is Paul Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Brendan Donovan, Johan Oviedo, Alec Burleson. For me, it was Nolan Arenado, Dylan Carlson, Adam Wainwright, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yapez, and Matt Libertor. Uh, so how are you feeling now, Ben? How, how do you feel about your your uh, your team? Uh, obviously, I feel pretty good. You know, I, I am uh, uh, I have all the faith in Tyler O'Neill still. I'm not off that train yet, um, but he has been not great. Um, so he's definitely not helping my team in that respect. I believe he has negative war right now because he has been unfortunately that bad but we were talking about earlier goldschmidt is absolutely on fire right now i'm you know mvp candidate level on fire um so is nolan arenado i'll admit that um but really the the feather in my cap in this early going um is brendan donovan who's come up and just been absolutely incredible not to mention you know bader who you know the reason i took him is because of how high his floor is just because of the defense. Um, And, you know, it doesn't hurt that he is him and Tommy are leading the league in stolen bases, which adds to that war accumulation as well. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Actually, I I was, uh, I I thought we might have this chat and I was kind of looking up some of the players earlier. Uh, Johan Oviedo has not clicked in yet in AAA. So that might, we'll see how that continues to play out. I have the faith in the kid, but I think he has like a seven ERA in AAA right now. Uh, that being said, Burleson is uh, he's playing well. So maybe maybe he'll get the call up. Maybe they'll need some more left handed. oomph. Um, but we'll see. So I, I feel pretty good about where I sit. Um, and, you know, you suck. So there's I just kind of no, that, that's where I'm kind that, of sitting. Yeah, that, yeah, that's an inherent advantage. Yeah. Um, OK. Yeah. So your Brennan Donovan pick obviously is is working out. He was so far of the minor league selections that we made. He is performing the best. Hell yeah. Um, he actually is uh, third overall on our list of all of the players drafted so far is Brendan Donovan. That, um, that is good for me, but bad for the Cardinals. Not great. So um, I will go ahead and go down to the numbers now. Uh, those who have contributed. So uh, Paul Goldschmidt coming in at 1.4 fan graphs for uh, <laughs> Tyler O'Neill. Negative 
Yeah. Not great. O- only way is up from here. Yep. Uh, Harrison Bader, 0. 0.6. And Brendan Donovan, 0. 0.7. So, that, that is shocking right there. The fact that Brendan yeah. Donovan has been more valuable, according to fan graphs, than Bader is insane. Yeah. Um, and then Oviedo and Burleson, obviously, at a zero, bringing your total so far on May 18th to 2.4. Let's go. Now for my team. Uh, I understand that you're excited about Goldschmidt. I am. We all are. Um, but if we're talking to yes, MVP right now. No, Nolan was a good pick. Yes, you're very. <laughs> yes. I, good job. Nolan Arenado, 2.1. Yeah. Uh, we both Studly. have not been great on our second picks with our outfielders. Uh, Dylan Carlson coming in at a hot zero. Woof. <laughs> Better than <laughs> O'Neill, but I would have put a large sum of money when we did this draft that Dylan Carlson would not have a zero F four at this point. <laughs> like I would have put a large sum of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Wainwright 0.5. Let's go. Let's go. Old man, Nolan, old man smiles. Nolan man smiles. Uh, <laughs> Nolan Gorman zero, but the only time, you know, he, Impending. he's coming up. Yep. It is happening. He's, he is inevitable. Yep. Uh, he is Legion. Juan Yapez, 0.5. Okay. All right. I actually expected that to be a little higher. Yeah. Well, I think that D- he's, not getting, yeah. Yeah, he's not getting any defensive boost there. Um, and Matt Libertor, obviously at zero. So, uh, your final number was 2.4. Mine is 3.1. So, yeah, no uh, one's back is creaking and aching. He is in agony because of what he's doing for your team right now. The amount that he's leading Goldschmidt by right now is exactly the amount that I'm leading you by. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Yep. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to be mad about that. I hope. Well, no you had the first overall up. pick, you know. Yeah. So, so you went with. Well, yeah. You know who's hotter right now is Goldie. You know, I. You know, Goldie and Nolan. They might be passing the baton back for Cardinals MVP this year. I and maybe MVP MVP. Uh, although yeah. Manny Machado is having an insane start at the season as well. Stupid Manny Machado. Yeah. Um, so we'll continue to monitor that. I don't think we'll necessarily look every month, but I thought this was a good time to to check in. Because you're that. winning, you're like, let's let's take a look at let's these just numbers. Lock take in a look an episode the yeah. where I'm in in front. <laughs> yeah. And um, let's seal Never this take now. An L. Never take an L. Um, DJ Khaled. All right. Uh, <laughs> boo. Boo. I hated that. Uh, so that will be everything for this episode. So. Uh, <laughs> this is the uh, part yikes. of the episode where we are done. Thank yeah, you all. This is, is that- it. <laughs> and. Um, I know I am still talking, but believe it or not, the <laughs> I episode checked out a is long ending. time ago. <laughs> um, thank you all, as always, for listening. We truly appreciate it. Thank you to at Akira OC for your fantastic question. If you have a question uh, and you want us to talk about it on the show, or um, you know, maybe in the Birdscore, tweet at us or join the Birdscore through Patreon. Um, and another great week of Cardinal baseball in front of us. And until then, we'll talk to you next week. Go cards. Thank you.
if you have an idea for the opening, wait, no, that would have been underneath. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you have an idea. 